and welcome to Inverticast today. Uh, I have a super special awesome guest uh, from Fatty Pancake. It is Mel. Hello, Mel. Hi, how are you? <laughs> and I, of course, am Leah from Tarantulia, um, or at least that's where some of you might know me from. But today, obviously, we're going to be chatting all about Fatty Pancake and that brand and kind of where it came from. And yeah, like, so yeah, let's let's start there. Let's start with uh, where where did Fatty Pancake come from? How did how did that start? So Fatty Pancake was a once upon a time, she was an actual living bearded dragon. Um, she was more of a rescued bearded dragon because I was just new to keeping reptiles at the time. And you know how you get like totally on fire whenever you're just starting something new. Oh, yeah. I was, I had my one and I definitely wanted to get a secondary one. And so I was looking on Craigslist, which was probably not the best of things to do, but <laughs> I came across her and I saw that she was in dire need of like getting out of a situation. Oh. So she, I, I got her into my possession and got her all healed up. And nice. she just got the nickname of Fatty Pancake because when I first got her, like she looked like a super robust little like animal. <laughs> and um, she really wasn't because she was egg bound at the time. Uh -huh. And I didn't know this until we got surgery done on her for another health issue. And but when I got her, you know, back and the surgery was successful and she all healed up, like whenever she would sit on her basking spot, she looked like pancake batter that just like spread Aww. and spread and spread and spread and spread. <laughs> and so Fatty Pancake became her nickname. And um, the year that I started. <laughs> my business was unfortunately the same year that she had passed away so Aww. I just sort of immortalized her into like my business and I've always I had been drawing uh, reptile art for quite a few years prior and really uh -huh. wanted to just kind of like start uh, a website because I wasn't really noticing a whole bunch of like artists out there outside uh -huh. of like maybe a few on Etsy or something like that. And I had gone to other reptile shows too, and there was just a small amount of us there. So I was yeah. like, welp, my art skills, my passion for reptiles, here's a great combination, and we're just going to start this. So yes. that's essentially how it was born. I love it. I love it so much. Like, honestly, when I see you at an expo, because I have seen you a few times um, yeah. here, you know, here in Denver, I think you were up in Loveland once. Mm -hmm. Yes. But uh, anytime I see your 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 tables i am just elated i am so happy and excited because i totally agree with you i do feel like the artistic side of you know uh, just just art of reptiles and inverts in general mm -hmm. is really really needed like yeah you know we we love our animals we're very proud of them and so what a what better way to like express that than through your art like it's it's awesome 
I love mm-hmm. it. And it's, it's starting to grow like, or I should say it has grown like exponentially mm-hmm. since like the time that I started and I find it great. You know, I always love seeing new artists come onto the scene because it's oh, different yeah. from what I do. And I'm just like, how do they view, you know, like reptiles and inverts because everybody's very different on what they want to like draw and, and right. And so, you know, between, you know, various different creators. Oh no, you're good. Um, (laughs) We're going to, we're going to have the animal blooper reel, you you know, know, of animals like jumping into laps and stuff like that. (laughs) For sure. But yeah, I, I always love, no, it's, it's totally fine. I, I am one of those people who might do a squirrel moment because as a person who has like ADHD, <laughs> that's just my brain. So yeah, please forgive same. me if that does happen. So. <laughs> no worries. No worries. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I've, I, I just feel like it's really nice to see a lot more creatives and a lot more artists come onto the scene because that kind of diversity and like, community that we're building is really important having that yes. kind of a social connection is always really critical absolutely um i feel like a lot of time with our animals a lot of people who keep animals um they definitely have a very strong emotional connection mm-hmm. and so i i agree that the the creative connection with the animals as well is is really it, it's really profound Yes. And I think there needs to be a lot more of it. And I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and in two, it plus two, it's really nice when as somebody who's a non-breeder, uh-huh. um, there's people there that I can actually relate with because yeah. a lot of our folks in our industry are more breeder specific yeah. and they have their own kind of like, I, I don't want to say click, but that is kind of what it is. Thank and you. <laughs> um, it's and it's kind of nice when uh, other artists are able to kind of come together to form their own click so we can you yeah. know go do dinners and network together and, you know, yeah. just kind of have a social system that we can, you know, kind of uh, go to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I also feel that kind of in the reptile hobby and expos and stuff i i sometimes feel like uh breeders and just that side of it they Mm -hmm. tend to to not take the art artistic people and like the creatives very seriously and so do you have you noticed that at all or is that something that i'm just weird (laughs) um i notice that we don't get included in a lot of like the social stuff like yeah. it's almost kind of like an afterthought oh hey so and so was interested in going like do you want to yeah. throw them an invite um and it but it does it kind of feels like you're just like this vestigial thing kind of hanging out there even though you know you are representing part of that community um, absolutely and and it's not that they don't appreciate it because believe you me, there are so many vendors who come to my booth and show their love and support all the time. Oh, but that's great. They're yeah, I mean, and and I love them for that. But when it comes to like the connections and the networking, it's mm-hmm. definitely more of a specified thing for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, and that's uh, for me, like that's why it was so important to be able to include um people like you on on this podcast i didn't want to just have only like breeders and things like that uh for me it was just like well you're 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 just as much a part of this community mm-hmm. as any anyone else and i feel yeah. that that's something that we need to instill a little more <laughs> right um, right 
<clears throat> okay, so do you currently have any reptiles or invertebrates that you keep now? Um, I do have reptiles. I've got cool. five, and then I have two amphibians in the forms of axolotls. Oh, so for I, I know <laughs> they're so delightful. Um, so the the reptiles that I have, I've got a rosy boa, my bearded dragon, an aki monitor, crescent awesome. gecko, and a lychee. So wow, yes. very diverse I, group. How cool. I do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the lychee was the last one to be, or no, the rosy bow was technically the last one that I, that added, that I added. And, uh -huh. um, she's, she's my first snake ever actually. So I've okay. been keeping lizards predominantly for, you know, all this time. And yeah. I was like, I, I really want to get a snake. I just don't know what snake just because so <laughs> many species are very like, uh, they have those high humidity requirements and, right. you know, us being in a super dry climate, I, oh, yeah. I'm just like, I don't really want to have to combat that. So yeah. I was like, all right, I'm making a list of all my requirements that I need this animal to check. And there was like only a few select that I was able to find, but right. rosy boas were right at the top. And so I was like, all right, yeah. now I got to go find myself a breeder somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. They're not common. No, they're really not, but they are fantastic little pets. Like they are really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. They're pretty, pretty docile. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone being bitten by like rosy boa, you know? And the, I, I did, but I mean, that was did. kind of my fault. Yeah. Cause I was feeding her at the time and she was just yeah. like, so like excited to get her mouse that she was oh, just yeah. like, is that a mouse? And it's like, no, that's my thumb, dear. Stop. <laughs> like <let's> detach. <laughs> I, I, um, not going to lie. My Mexican black king snake, uh, Catalina has bitten me quite a few times and actually tried to eat my pinky. Oh, um, no. <laughs> like she, he started, you know, doing the thing the mouth swamp. wiggle. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. And I'm going, Oh no, you don't want to do that, honey. <laughs> it's like, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But you know, they're, they're colubrids. So they, mm -hmm. they just have that high prey drive. So, and yeah. And most of the For time sure. when, if Catalina gets me, it's usually my fault. <laughs> I just have my finger in the wrong spot or whatever. Mm -hmm. User error um, is generally where where the bites come from. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I mean, even still, it's it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute when it happens. Maybe not for like a boa or something you know, large like or a pipe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think I would find that cute. I would just be like, ow, you know, it's like yeah. gently trying to wait for them to like unhook themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, yeah, no, it's, I've taken a few ball python bites as well. And, um, I mean, they're not the worst thing, but they're definitely not a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so do you have, uh, like a favorite species of reptile or, uh, invertebrate or anything like that? So I, I've never actually never kept any inverts before, um, okay. but in my garden outside, I can't tell you how many jumping spiders like exist out there and I love it. they're prone to coming <laughs> inside my house as well. So every time I see them, I'm just kind of like, oh, you know, you're, you're going to live with me, you know? <laughs> yes. And I, I just sort of leave them alone and I kind of feel like, you know, they just, they do their, their little 
they're little spidery things inside of my house taking care of, you know, what needs to be taken care of. And they're all very healthy. I can tell you that. So I don't know what they're eating in the side of my house, but you know, <laughs> that's maybe that's cause for concern. I'm not sure. <laughs> you, you would be surprised. You might be surprised. Um, jumping spiders. I think they also eat other spiders. They do. So yeah, mm -hmm. they'll eat other bigger, you know, species of spiders. So if, I've, if, uh, <laughs> I've seen one go after a black widow before. Like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's one of the primary reasons why I love keeping them around so much is because yeah. they will take care of those little girls. They take care of the widows. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I can't speak on that because I love all spiders, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I do. Um. Like I actually keep, I, it's weird because I, I recognize that, you know, even the more uh, dangerous, you know, are yeah. potentially dangerous spiders they have their role in the ecosystem as well they so do. i never yes. go out of my way to actively like kill anything i'm always relocating it whether it's outdoors or somewhere that. else so you know because they they do they have that part and i want my in my gardens in particular i want mm -hmm. it to have more of a naturalistic you know kind of pest control um Absolutely. i don't i'm not a fan of spraying you know i've i've no. stopped yeah. doing that on my property which you know may or may not be a good or bad thing i'm not it, it's kind of on the fence because i know we have termites in our area oh, so okay. i'm just like i don't know if that's like what is controlling the termites and hopefully they never get inside my house but i'm pretty sure that there's a couple species of centipede and millipedes actually here in colorado that take care of termites Ooh, but okay i don't know for a fact, but I will, I can, I'll research that and then I'll email it to you. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome because I I'll do see a ton of millipedes and centipedes in my yard as well. So, cool. may, I mean, maybe I'm already fast tracking on that, you know, kind of like natural pest, pest control, if you will. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's stellar. Absolutely. I'm, I'm the same way with my yard. Um, I don't really have like a garden per se, mm -hmm. but I have, pretty much just left the the leaf litter from from all the fall leaves i let them fall mm -hmm. and i let them stay Make, um, same. you know mainly because yeah like little little beetles little you know bees like the bumblebees and mm -hmm. um other pollinators they actually really rely on that to survive through the winter so right uh i'm like no we're not doing that <laughs> we want to help save some bees exactly um, so yeah. For for like reptiles, um, I am partial to bearded dragons, but yeah. I also I would also just love like love to have a tigu as well. Because oh, tigus are so cool! They're amazing. They're amazing. Right. My my thing is the space and yeah. being able to dedicate the time to do proper training for them. Yeah. Um, so I think that if I were to get one, I would probably only keep like maybe one or two other like animals so I sure. can devote more time to that animal because they are bigger. They have yeah. a significantly more like medically significant bite if something were to happen. Right. So, you know, you want to do what you can to try and mitigate that. And, you know, having that time and training involved is pretty necessary. Absolutely. It's pretty involved. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tegus are amazing animals. They're beautiful. So I, I can see why you would love them so much because they are really, really cool. Probably too um, smart for their own good. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Much like my doggie. My doggie. Oh, here. yeah. <laughs> She's, she is way too smart for her own good. <laughs> um, so how did you get into her, uh, herpetom? Is it herpetomology? Oh, herpetology? Yeah, herpetology. I mean, I, I, mean <laughs> I, I wouldn't call myself a herpetologist. I would just say I'm more of a big, big fan. I'm, a, I'm like a reptile groupie, I guess. Yeah, um, we're enthusiasts. <laughs> we are. We're total enthusiasts. Absolutely. So I, um, I've always really loved animals, like all my life. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, we grew up pretty much with like a farm without having a farm. I mean, we had uh dogs cat and i say cat because that's the only cat we had and he was mine for the for many many years uh -huh. and um we had fish we had a duck we had two angora rabbits uh we had some firebelly frogs those belonged wow. to my brother and yeah like we just had and a horse like that that was my uh big responsibility once i when we finally, you know, brought him to our, into the family. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we've always had like animals around us and in our, our house, but Very the one cool. thing that we were not able to keep inside the house was reptiles because my mom was like, mm -hmm. I, I never want to see a snake inside here, like, <laughs> but like, uh, un, so unbeknownst to her for a short period of time until she discovered one one day there was a group of garter snakes that moved into a rock garden that my mom had built on on the one side of the house and she planted like flowers and vegetables and everything uh -huh. and so when i discovered this i started just like picking them up and you know like drawing them and stuff and yeah um and that that and after a while, like they got so acclimated to my like presence that they're just like, oh, the girl is back again. Just just don't even bother musking. She's not going to be impacted. Just let her pick her, pick you up. She, you'll be out for a little while in the sun and she'll be drawing you for a little while and then you're done. You, she'll put you right on back. So How they cute, got though. so used to it. And some of them like they got really big like they were. Well, my camera can't. Uh, you know, probably about, I don't know, a good two feet for, wow. for some of them and really okay. stout and chunky looking. Amazing. But yeah. How fun. How cute. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. They're I, lo I love that. <laughs> I, I too have like, I've grown up around animals as well, but not, um, not at the same capacity. Mo mostly for me, it's just been, you know, like, cause I grew up in the suburbs. So we, oh, okay. we of course had you know, dogs and cats and hamsters. I think I had a guinea pig. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We the, had hamsters too at one point. Yeah. The like <laughs> little teddy bear hamsters. Yeah. You, I mean, gotta love hamsters. They are so cool. Um, I have a little teddy bear hamster now named uh, Mochaccino or Mac no, Macchiato. We call oh. him Mochi. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's just such a little lovey bug. And uh, I will say that, like, we kind of rescued him from the PetSmart, and mm, yeah. the girl who was talking to us about him was like, oh, he doesn't like me, he bites, and all this stuff, and I'm like, I've, you know, I've had, we've had him for close to two and a half, three years, almost, and he's never bit any one of us, like, mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, crazy, must have been handling yeah. him weird or something. 
Right. <laughs> and well, and those pet stores, they're just such high stress places for animals. Because yeah. There's so many people that come in and out of yeah. the store. There's it's noisy. It's, you know, oh, yeah. people handling them all the time. I mean, if oh, I was right. in a situation like that, I'd be wanting to bite people, too, and like right? yell at them and just be like, get away <laughs> from me. You know, it's like, back off. Absolutely. I of course. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not really a big fan of the big uh, big box pet stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, clearly, I think a lot of us aren't just, yeah. just for the fact that, you know, um, they don't, they don't discern between like wild caught and captive bred specimens. So that in itself is a huge controversy, like throughout the hobby. Um, so yeah, okay, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> oh, I know. I we could go on a rant on that one. The right? only thing, the only reason that I even still shop at some of those is because they're the only ones that I can find like like night crawlers for yeah models. And I mean, I could try Walmart. But half the time that I was going to Walmart, too, I would pull open, like, the the boxes to check them, and they'd be all moldy on the inside. And I'm just like, uh, you know what? No, I'm just... What a pain. Yeah. I do agree that, like, the big box, you know, those pet stores, they they have amazing products. Mm -hmm. Like, as far as, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff for for dogs and cats, for, you know, any small animal, they they carry like everything and and that's great because you get that um you get that variety so yes that's always a nice nice bonus to it it's just i i'm just not a fan of how they <laughs> procure their specimen you know yeah or or teach their employees <laughs> oh yeah i i'm i can't even i just can't even <laughs> like i my actually my corn snake was essentially a rescue from from my um the box store that's close to my home uh, oh really because i saw yeah i saw her her name's pasadena she's oh. she's a ultra male anary corn snake so she's almost lavender like she looks like she's you know she's really pretty mm-hmm. when i got her though like when i saw her she was just so thin oh and no. yeah and she was you know close to two feet long at least and i'm going this isn't right. You should be yeah. thicker. Like there's, oh there's, goodness. you know, and then, um, but I, I saw her and I, you know, I kept her in my mind and I asked the people, I said, well, what, what were you feeding her? What have you feeding her? They were like, oh, she gets a pinky once a week. And I'm like, a pinky? That's, that's it? it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I yeah, think that so, size totally needs to be eating bigger. Oh, yeah. that um, poor thing. But since she's been in my care, I mean, she is a robust, healthy girl, but it, it took me a while to get her to the level that she needed to be at and like mm-hmm. the size of, of, you know, rodents that she needed to be eating. Yes. Um, but now she eats rat pups like a champ and nice. she's, she's nice and, you know, healthy and thick. She don't, you know, we're not seeing her vertebra. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her first couple of sheds were like just pieces Mm-hmm. you know, but now she's shedding in one nice long piece. And so um, I'm really proud of myself for that. <laughs> but well, I also... it's, it's always like also just very fulfilling when you can actually get an yeah. animal to turn around like that, because yeah. there are unfortunate cases where people have tried and the animal yeah. just crashes. Yeah. And it's, it's awful. It's just mm-hmm. awful. So, I mean, that's, that's, 
I'm with you on this. Like, uh, it's part of the reason that I'm not huge supporter of them. But yeah, they hit and miss a few. You know. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Our tangent is about ready to go. You know. <laughs> right. No. We. It was yeah. a good one. It was a good one. I love it. I love that. See. Uh, I love that you have the same kind of passion for the animals mm-hmm. as, you know, somebody who's breeding or, or someone like me. I'm just a keeper, but, you know, I I, I make videos and stuff about it. But, um, you know, I, I knew that that passion would be there. So I, you know, I feel like having you on the show and having that ability to showcase your uh, your passion for the animals, I think that's a huge, a huge plus for you. Does that make sense? Like not only creating, you know, you're, you're creating these beautiful works of art and I love your little hog nose design. I think it's one of the coolest, Um, you know, and so it really shows that there is a lot more behind the artwork than, than just, Oh, just an inspiration. You know what I mean? There's, there's Mm -hmm. emotion behind it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Thanks for being here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And thank you for inviting me. Like, yeah. it was funny because when you first, like, uh, uh, approached me on it, I'm like, Inverticast. It's like, I know that they're going to focus heavily on inverts. And I'm like, hmm, I have so much more reptile stuff on my table. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is going to really, like, jive with what they're looking for. But I'm like, eh, why not? Let's just go for it. See what happens. Oh, it totally jives. I feel I feel like it does because, um, I mean, here in the states, especially, we you know reptiles and invertebrates they typically come in their own uh, in the same show. That's um, true. O- over in the UK, um, they have an all invert show, so really? they don't do yeah they don't compact them together. So I'm I'm a little jealous of that. But yeah, on the same token, I also keep reptiles. I love. I keep snakes, but I love them. And, um, so what other, you know, that you have, oh, so I have three ball pythons, a red tail boa and corn snake and the Mexican black king snake. Nice. So delving into the reptile world is totally okay with us because, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people who keep inverts also keep reptiles. A lot of people who keep reptiles also keep inverts. So I think it just kind of goes hand in hand. It works. (laughs) <laughs> perfect yes um <laughs> so speaking of like stores and kind of retail since we were there mm-hmm. um i had a question about your price points like how do you create your price points how did you decide where those should be, be- for your work because i know that's really difficult for like newcomers to mm-hmm. to um creating artwork and having that on sale so yeah how did you start so doing a price point, it's such a good question, but it's also a tough question okay. because there's so many different variables when it comes to pricing your work. And oh. it's like there's some formulas that you can use, but ultimately as an artist, you have to sit down and assess like what your worth and value are in terms of your artwork. And okay. that's such a hard thing for an artist to do because yeah. we approach our artwork from like love. We don't like money is an afterthought. Like this is Absolutely. not something that we're yeah. we're doing because, you know, we want to earn money. We do it out of passion. Right. And 
when I started Fatty Pancake, um, I knew that I wanted to do something that was more e-commerce driven and more um, just like print, uh, working more specifically with print on demand. And if you're okay. not familiar with that, that's essentially you are going to a company that will fulfill your uh, product orders by taking uh -huh. the designs you upload and uh -huh. then they will print it on a variety of products and then ship it to your customers. Okay. It's sort of, it, it, it gets kind of linked with drop shipping, but it's not a hundred percent drop shipping because okay. there is some like customizable, like attributes to it that you can, that you're using. Yeah. Uh, but that's essentially what it is. And generally when you're working with print on demand, it's a little easier to price yourself because you've mm -hmm. got a base price of a product and then mm -hmm. you just adjust depending on, you know, what, uh, like if, if you want to increase it by like 15% or 20% or 30%, you know, there's, there's a certain, like, there's a certain percentage that you're going to hit where, you know, nobody's going to want to buy a t-shirt for $45 unless you're oh, somebody like Supreme or something like that. But, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yes. No. Or Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> somebody who clearly has like a huge name. Um, yeah. and they, yeah. can, they can like do that, but you, you oftentimes are sort of at like the whims of the market because okay. like, like all things, especially right now with the economy, with it kind of being like, eh, you know, a lot of people are saving more. They're not wanting to spend yeah. more. So yeah. you, you want to be cautious and know your market and know like how much, uh, like how much you can actually like price something at that's going to be comfortable for that market. Okay. And, um, if it's different, however, if you're going to be selling in like a commission, like if you're going to be doing commissions, uh -huh. calculating your price there is going to be drastically different um, as well as if you're going to be doing like wholesale with customers or sure. if you're going to be doing galleries or doing like the shows and events because right. there's all of these fees that you have to calculate, you know, uh -huh. you have to calculate for taxes advertisement, you know, just like a whole bunch of other like things that you wouldn't right. otherwise really like know about going in and you're kind of all, hmm, I did not realize how, it, how expensive all of this stuff is going to add up and it's going to cut into a particular like profit on my end. Right. Um, when I was when I was still working with commissions, typically what I was doing was I was assessing how long it took me to uh, do a particular piece of artwork and okay. then calculating my minimum hour or my minimum uh, hourly wage that I wanted to work. And that worked as a base price and I would fluctuate and, and that number would go up depending on various factors, like how many subject matters are going to be inside of this, this illustration, you know, okay. like how, um, how complex was it going to be? Like, is this going to take me over 120 hours to work, which sure. that almost never happened. But I mean, there were projects where it did extend over, you know, a 30 hour mark. And it was like I needed to be, you know, respectfully compensated for that. Absolutely. And 
yeah, it's there's another way that you can do it. Like if you're doing traditional work as well, um, factoring in your material costs and then taking your um, I believe it's the size of the uh, canvas or whatever, you know, material you're using and right. then calculating out per square inch how much it costs per square inch and okay. there's a lot of artists that also will use that methodology as well um but again every artist is really different how they really approach it some don't even use that like some just say this is what my base rate is because right. i've looked at what other people are charging and i it like professional markets are charging and okay. they will set their prices based off that and then if the, like depending on how many clients they find they can adjust and say okay well maybe i'm charging just a little bit too much maybe i can drop it just a little bit or they discover ooh i'm not charging nearly enough as much as i should be so let's re <laughs> let's readjust this and and let's you know uh get these numbers where they need to be right but, okay yeah. no that makes total sense i i you know i hear there's so many factors that's very complex but it makes a lot of sense so yeah. Cool. Thank, thank you for that. Thank yeah. you very much for that. I, I really wish that it was just as easy as if you do <laughs> X plus Y, this is what you charge. Right. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's just so many variables that go into yeah. it. And yeah. you also have to factor in too, like at the end of the day, you're still being taxed for that too. So it's of like, course. you kind of have to be, you have to be aware of that as well. And one, th one thing that I also noticed um, when I started charging professional rates for my uh -huh. work, my clientele changed. So okay. I started getting people who were a lot more serious about like what kind of projects that they wanted to do and right. they were more committed to it. Okay. Um, when I was younger, when I was doing a lot of like um, just cheap designs for people like sketches for like five dollars sure. ten dollars and i cringe you know saying that because <laughs> i fell no, into I... that trap when i was younger too yep and um but oftentimes the people that i would be working with were really difficult you know Ooh. they would come back and they would just be like well i really don't like the way this is turning out or i don't like you know this or they'll just ghost you and not you know return not your, ever pay your you. messages yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and it was super frustrating but when i finally pushed myself and got more comfortable charging professional rates right. i noticed that saw a significant drop um, okay. and and I got more customers who are more willing or who are more serious about commissioning me for work. Good. I think that, um, yeah, I, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, your price points and when you do do something professionally, you're you're going to weed out those people who really aren't mm -hmm. all that serious. And, right. you know, um, and this is another thing that you know, I like to do with my friends, like if your friend has a profession that they're doing, say they're a massage therapist, mm -hmm. um, don't just expect them to give you massages, 
for nothing. You know, like that's so rude. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They do say in the art industry that friends and family are some of the worst people to work for unless you have a contract in place. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, (laughs) it's true because they don't, you know, they don't they're just going to assume that because you're friends, they're going to get like those perks and stuff. So heavy friends and family. You guys, come on now, all right? Take us seriously. <laughs> Support your fellow artists. Come on, exactly. you have your friends and family. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I love it. Um, so this is a good chime. Like, your website, so fattypancake.com, is insanely beautiful. It is oh, well you. done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's super balanced. It's really nice. Um, so how, like, how did you do, did you design that yourself or did you end up having like a different, um, like graphic designing company or how, how did you put it all together? Cause it's really fantastic. So I put, I personally built it. Um, Love now that. I, I, I use a theme, I used a template because I have the coding skills of like, I don't know, a turnip. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I can't code to save my life. So um, I, I have my web store built within Shopify, which is basically an e-commerce platform. Yeah. And it's, it's very simple in that you just sign up an account, you install a theme of your choice, and then nice. you just start putting in whatever graphics, you know, whatever you want in there in order to build it. And the when I first built the website, it did not look as nice as it does now, for sure. There, oh, no. there was a time when I was uh, looking in like the Internet archives and I was like, I wonder what I got to take a trip down memory lane. And so I'm like looking online and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that looks so bad, you know, because it was like the most garish purple and like oversaturated orange and it just was like oh my gosh this looks like a sports team color this looks terrible right now for yeah. what I, for what the brand is oh no so, <laughs> i i've undergone a lot of evolution when it comes okay. to the development of the actual interface and i still will um yeah. it's it's always because uh, like there are trends, unfortunately, that are constantly coming in and out. And of course, um, yeah, like Shopify's platform is like integrating some of that stuff in there. And so sometimes I have to adapt and okay. uh, add certain things that is part of their new terms of service or, yeah, you know, make changes yeah. to, to keep up to uh, to specification on their end. And uh but it's always changing, you know, and I think that's part of being a small business owner is that you have to be willing to uh, just adapt with that. You know, you yeah. have to be willing to move uh, and, and change because right. if you don't, then there is a potential, you know, possibility that you could completely be left behind in the dust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly feel like I'm, really fortunate to be part of a you know on a podcast on content creating mm-hmm. um because that doesn't really change that much like it's like yeah get on say what you got to say you know we do our thing of course there's going to be you know video trends or you know sound modifications that that mm-hmm. are going to come along and um you want to be along with that so i i totally understand being adaptable to those changes you know um 
but yeah, like I'm, I'm super fortunate. I'm, I, I suppose in that aspect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, the advertising for you guys is more social media driven, yes. right? Okay. Yes. And I, and I honestly, I've been doing like the Facebook, but I really feel like I need to be hitting a lot more. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's probably the hardest part of what I do is, is just staying on top of the social media and, yeah. you know, promoting my show and what I'm, what we're doing. Um, for me, that's Marketing it's, it's so hard. It really, oh. yeah, it's a major challenge for sure. Major challenge. Um, everything else is, is cake. Like I love it. You know, like this is, it's a walk in the park. It's not really hard for me. I don't know. I think that I'm, I'm similar in, in the way that I'm kind of very creative minded. I, you know, I like to see balance and things. I like to, um, like, put information out there for me. I'm, I think I'm creative minded, but in a teaching format. <laughs> if That's you will. good though. Yeah. No, Thank you. everybody, like everybody has a very different method of how they absorb that information. Right. And yeah, education is, you can never go wrong with that ever. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, great teachers in the world, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, i I absolutely love your website. Um, Thank you. I think I shared it with uh, my co-host Simon, and I was like, "You gotta check her website out. It's it's next level." And he was just he agreed. He he was like, "Wow, this is really professionally done. So good work. You did you did excellent. I think it's fantastic." Thanks. So thanks. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so did. What, so another oh, thing is, is that um, I, I also just started like, um, I don't know if you guys have newsletters like at all for or a blog. Uh, 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 no, but I need to ship into that, too, for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> I know for like podcasts, like being able to kind of piggyback off of like a, a more written thing, which is Internet mm -hmm. searchable. Mm -hmm. um, not that videos aren't, but I think for for some people, if they're looking for something that's very consolidated and condensed. Yes, that that works really well with each other. And, oh, yeah. you know, being able to have that, uh, like a dual thing working side by side is yeah. might actually help you guys out a, a huge, uh, for, in terms of growth. No, that's like a talking like idea. A person. Uh, well, we are, <laughs> the, we're essentially, we're both business people. Absolutely. So I, I feel like that's definitely, um, that's a really great idea and I appreciate that. So I'll, I'll make a note that I need to write a blog. <laughs> <laughs> I need to write a blog for sure. Yeah. No, and I, I mean, I love you that. could do lots of care guides and stuff like that for inverts, especially right? I'm sure that, you know, just like reptiles, you know, tarantulas yeah. and scorpions, they each have their own different type of like set up habitat requ requirements and everything. Oh, yeah. And um, like that people, if they're looking for species specific stuff and they're looking for something very, very unique, you know, right. they could probably find that by doing a Google search like really easily. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I find myself doing that a lot, um, especially with the podcast. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not an expert when it comes to entomology. Like, I don't know everything about insects um, or invertebrates, if you will. Uh, so, you know, when we have a topic like scorpions or centipedes, 
I have to do that research. I have to be like, well, what exactly is a centipede? Mm-hmm. You know, what um, I, I, I come up with kind of a list of, of things that I want to know or like what I would be curious of. Mm-hmm. Um, so for centipedes, it was like, do they have venom? Yeah. Um, why are they weird and, and long? You know, like it's just <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what is with all those legs? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But because of that, you know, those little list of questions that I was able to ask myself, I was able to answer those questions within my research um, and then and then some. And then, of mm-hmm. course, I find, you know, like species specific information. Um, I can't think of any right now off the top of my head, but there's there were a couple that I was just really fascinated with. But same mm-hmm. thing with like scorpions and snails i mean when when you really start to do that research and and dig deep there's there's it's limitless mm-hmm. um and, and i and mean one I, thing one thing that you had just mentioned too is, oh sure you know people people will uh like education doesn't always have to be so like dry and factual it's right. a journey so it it's is. like other people like we connect with people and when we find groups where we're just like wow this person is doing so much passionate stuff with the stuff that i'm super passionate about and i absolutely want to be a part of this you know and it's like they you build stuff this way you know it's like I, i if i want like a review you know, section, I'm going to go find some dry blog, you know, to find reviews and stuff that, Oh sure. you know, uh, <laughs> but if I want something where I can actually become a part of a community, that's exactly what I'm going to do is this, I'm going yeah. to gravitate to people such as yourself who Thank have you. this incredible, like love and passion for the things that you uh, have in your environment and you want to share yeah. with everybody because we connect with people who are on journeys and want to uh-huh. share those journeys with with others and yeah. it's just a human part of us and that's why it's it's kind of like this is another tangent that i could go off on but i'm just gonna <laughs> keep it very brief why ai art i don't think is going to be over a long term I agree. As as profitable as some folks think, because human beings like to connect with each other and computers can't develop emotion, at least not right now. Yeah. I robot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe one day it will like become sentient and start looking at a camera lens and be like, the sky is inspiring me to draw a painting today. You know, I don't (laughs) think that's going to happen anytime soon. So. Yeah. You know, as long right. as humans are still producing things and having these these journeys with, you know, information and education and knowledge and art and yeah. culture, we're still going to be there. We're still going to resonate yeah. with that. So, Absolutely. Yes. And that that was essentially uh, the idea. I wanted to highlight Liliana super quickly because she was just checking out your website and she loves it. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> I wanted to let you know that. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> Um, no, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, no, I agree. Like when we're when we're kind of growth minded, we definitely tend to attract that kind of community, people who mm-hmm. are in that mindset of of growth and knowledge. And, um, you know, and so I agree with you that the AI just really it doesn't hit it for me, if you will. Like it doesn't, yeah. you know, like there's not there's not going to be those subtle things like you can 
I have seen some pretty cool AI things. They're very detailed and whatnot. But those subtle like nuances, I think, that mm-hmm. make make them personable through through the artwork, like yes, th- that's just not going to be there. And I'm I'm not a huge fan of that. So yeah. um, I I don't think that artwork is something that we can just simulate. You know, yeah. I, I simulate. Um, I I don't think that that's uh, really like I I don't believe there's a lot of worth in that. Mm-hmm. Just because you know artwork stemmed from a need to be heard and to vocalize and so or to to be heard essentially to like mm-hmm. you know um from the from the cave paintings in France that are just how many thousands of years old right. you know like that that was the very first bit of artwork that that we can really look at and say this was a need to be heard it was a need to to say something to tell a story yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think AI can do it as well as, you know, we do. <laughs> right. And so. and I think there's some places where AI can work just fine where oh, sure. let's just say you've got like 50 items you need to retouch for like a marketing promotional thing. Yeah. And, you know, okay, I can kind of see it being useful in cases like that. But right. like like we said, you know, if you're talking more about an emotional appeal with each other as people, it's going to fall flat wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Just does not understand. I also don't feel like I would be able to trust an AI to feed all of my tarantulas and take care of all the maintenance <laughs> and stuff. Because, yeah, no, I agree. You know what I mean? Like they can't like understand the body language of that tarantula at in that given moment you know yeah there's <laughs> i i so. can almost see like if it's a robot it's just like stop stop posturing this is inappropriate <laughs> you are being right. bad and there's this spider with its legs up you know it's like just... very upset you know it's just like get away get away <laughs> right oh man trying to bite the robot like yeah. okay <laughs> You oh goodness. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So um we'll go into this like kind of couple maybe one or two more questions but sure. I have this question I think is a really really great one. I'm not sure if I sent it to you but um I probably did and I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. So what do you hope your artwork like inspires in in people who see it and get to get to have it you know what I mean because I I love your artwork but for you there's there's a mission I'm sure so what are you what kind of feelings or what what are you trying to elicit in people with your so what I hope (laughs) so what I hope people take away when they see my work is that reptiles um, and inverts are not scary there is a sense of beauty and wonder and just uh, a a general curiosity about these animals that we are still discovering. Like I know that reptile behavior and even just how we're keeping them is still constantly changing. I mean, from when I first started, even when I bought, even when I brought in my first bearded dragon, there has been 
so much interesting stuff that we've discovered about them, like the fact that they have REM sleep to a certain degree. And right. it's kind of like, you know, we wonder, you know, do androids dream of electric sheep? Well, what what do bearded dragons dream about? You know, it's like, are there <laughs> little, but yes, crickets, you know, or sitting on their favorite basking spot or something. Sure. You know? it's, it's just fascinating how little we actually know about a... Yeah collective of of animals that have existed on our planet for an incredibly long time right you know, we had these notions in our head that oh they're just they're stupid they're you know they're not very intelligent and right. the more that we actually study them based off of proper re like proper scientific studies instead of mm -hmm. comparing to the mammal you know comparing to mammals and doing tests that we gave to mammals, mm -hmm. we're discovering that they're a lot more clever and they're a lot more interesting than we gave them credit for, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I really hope that my artwork can kind of inspire that and draw people into it and see, hey, these aren't scary, you know? It's like, okay, a snake is a weird tube, but with a <laughs> mouth, but these ones right here, they kind of look after their babies for a little yeah. while. You know, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Or, yeah. you know, monkey tail skinks, they're very social for, for reptiles. Yeah. It's not right. common. But, you know, that kind of thing, I just really would hope uh, to to draw people in and just recognize yeah. they're not creepy, they're not slimy, they're not right. ugly. You know, I they're adorable, and yeah. you can take like I mean, there's people who go out and take the blobfish and make it into something that's incredibly <laughs> adorable, and it's like you look at that thing and you're just like, um, I don't know about this, but it works, you know. And people are it just does. Like, oh, yeah. you know. And I really hope to do that with my art. I I want to be able to kind of get more people interested in it yeah. that way I love that like I I do feel that you do definitely hit that mm -hmm. um hit that goal because I like I said the hog nose the hog nose piece that you have just yeah I I saw that and I was floored because it is so cute it captures like the cuteness of their little upturned nose mm -hmm. and just how dainty and like kind of goofy they are like you captured all of that perfectly so goofy they really are. <laughs> um, I actually, it's funny because the other night I was with a couple of friends and they were telling me how they don't kill spiders anymore in their house because of, you know, me and my channel. And I was like, that's oh, that's awesome. really cool. Right. Like it kind of that kind of fuels me a little more to keep doing what I do. For sure. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sure like that's kind of the same goal. Um, but I you... told I was telling them about hog noses and how they play dead. And they oh, were like, yeah. no way, no way. And I was like, yeah, no, let me find a video. <laughs> you know, and I, I and I them, love like, the fact, I love the yeah. fact too, that when they play dead and you flip them over, they like immediately <laughs> flip back over onto their back again. Like, no, really, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm really dead. <laughs> yeah. And they, they'll just leave their little mouth open and have their yeah. tongue out and everything. Like they are just the masters of the cartoon dead play, uh, play you know, playing dead. It's just yes. amazing. Absolutely love that. And I think that you really encapsulate that in a lot of your pieces. I think that they're they're absolutely beautiful. They're wonderful to look at, but they also do bring in that that cuteness, that endearment that, you know, those of us who keep and we've been keeping a while and stuff, we already know. Like we're well aware of how cute our creatures are. 
Um, and like, so even tarantulas, like they do yeah. some things that are just like, really, why are you doing this? Like, how many <laughs> times have you come in in the morning and found substrate buried inside their water dish? And you're just like, oh. really? Like, constantly, really? you know? <laughs> Yes. And and I've seen like I finally have been able to see videos of them gathering up the substrate and their uh -huh. their petty palps and then walking <laughs> out and then just going, eh, you know, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is this is adorable. Like it I, is. <laughs> they're like little bulldozers, you know. Just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they definitely do really cute stuff. Um I I'm kind of a sucker for the calithrae, so they're 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 fangs. I think they look like mustaches, oh and and gosh, this is for do. all all spiders. All spiders have calithrae, mm -hmm. and so <laughs> I love uh, the the various shapes of them. So they all just kind of look like cute old man mustaches. Yeah, and so <laughs> <laughs> that would be an art yeah. piece all in itself. Like the multi, like the various mustaches of spiders. You know, yeah, and just have like a side by side <laughs> comparison of all of their different chelicerae and everything. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you have yourself, you would have a monopoly on that one for sure. Cause I don't think I've ever seen anybody doing that. And, uh, it's definitely something it's cute, you know? Um, <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, we're about done uh, with our hour. Oh, I know it went by pretty quick. I know. <laughs> but you're, you're so much fun to talk to. I absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to run into you again and, and more expos. Yeah, but for we, sure. We do this fun little segment called our shameless plug. Um, so it, I, I'm giving you the, the soapbox here. You can do your shameless plug. Anything that you want to, um, anything that basically you want to promote. Maybe you have something coming up, something new. Um, have at it now. <laughs> so if you guys want to follow me online, you can uh, go to Instagram or Facebook and search for one fatty pancake. And that's one all spelled out. Yeah. And you can follow me there or you can sign up for our newsletter on fattypancake.com that just launched not too long ago. And for nice. your first order, you can get 10% off. And on the newsletter, I intend on doing some freebies every month and some extra deals that aren't going to be published like uh, front and center on the, the website. So yeah, awesome. definitely sign up and see what we're doing. So we're kind of yeah. growing in that, that arena. But uh, for shows, I'm kind of done for the rest of the year. I'm cool. uh, just kind of taking the, uh, the rest of the year off uh, to kind yes. of relax and catch up on some things, but I will be doing shows again, uh, probably starting next March. So Salt Lake Wonderful. City, Denver, uh, look for me there and I will always be posting online. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much, Mel. I appreciate you being on our show. And thank you for and... inviting me. This was fun. Yeah, it was a blast, right? I'm, yeah. glad, you, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes, so much fun. Um, I just have one shameless plug. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel here uh, in Verticast. Um, we are on Amazon Music now, um, Spotify, RSS.com, all like a, a whole bunch. I think I'm also on iHeartRadio. So if you guys can't watch the podcast, definitely you can listen to it. 
Um, so yeah, just wanted to say that because it's kind of a fun. I've been working real hard to get all the episodes up. Um, and yeah, so and obviously check out Fatty Pancake. Absolutely, the website is fan phenomenal. She's got mugs, uh, t-shirts, you know, stickers, keychains, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have keychains. Yeah, she's got, Card, I no, mean, I don't have keychains. No, um, just oh. the stickers. I've got car decals, which can also be customizable for your enclosures too. Yes, I I do love the car decals. Those are really neat. I I want that hog nose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. hit me up at the show. Hit me up at the show. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll be there for sure. But yes, definitely check out Fatty Pancake and One Fatty Pancake on Instagram and. Facebook, um, and you'll see all of Mail's wonderful artwork. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. And thanks again for watching. Thank, Thank you, you Mail. Thank you. Bye. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>